this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Gina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with the lovely Jiveny Blair West. Jiveny is a dating and relationships expert, and she is here to share with us her knowledge on whether or not we have found the one or our life partner. I think it can often be really hard the way that people chat about the one and, oh my God, you'll just know when you meet this person that they'll be the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think it's really important that we understand what makes um, a good relationship and what dynamics are necessary to go the distance. So Jiveny shares with us all of her wonderful information. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, I would love it if you could subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, you better come follow us on Instagram at the wow podcast underscore. Hello, Jiveny. Welcome to the wow podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I cannot wait to jump into today's episode and start asking you all the questions about love, dating and finding the one. But before we do, I would like to start by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on and the Gubby Gubby people of the country that Jiveny resides on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Jiveny, could you please start by sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. So I'm a dating and attraction coach, which means that I work with single people, specifically um, people who are having some sort of struggles in their love life. Maybe they've come out of a toxic relationship. Maybe they've never had a relationship before um, or they've had like they've been dating and they've just struggled to have a healthy relationship or have any number of dates turn into a long-term meaningful relationship. So a lot of my work is about sitting down, looking at the patterns um, that are repeating themselves and from that the lessons that need to be learned and also I'm really passionate about relationship education because I feel like there's just not enough of that in the world and I feel like it's something that should be taught in schools and something that we could all be empowered by because essentially relationships are life you know we can't escape them and the healthier we can relate to people the easier our life can be. Mm, absolutely was that part of your motive for wanting to publish a book? Yes, I forgot to mention that. Definitely. So I guess part of where my passion and where my vision comes from too is I was lucky enough to grow up in a family where I have not one but two relationship therapists, um, my mom and my dad. Um, My dad's a psychotherapist, my mom's a psychologist. And so over the years, they've been really fantastic mentors in my life. They've really um, encouraged an interest and me to value relationships and want to go deeper and so partly that resulted in me and my dad collaborating together and writing a book which has just come out called how to make the biggest decision of your life that's so fantastic were you nervous bringing your first boyfriend home to the house like I would have been terrified (laughs) 
You know, the funny thing about that, and maybe this was more unconsciously, I mean, I didn't think about it too much at the time. And I did bring some boyfriends home, but I did also leave home at 18 and I went to the other side of the world. And I think that gave me the freedom to date and have <laughs> relationships without having like my parents looking over my shoulder. Um, yeah, so there's probably a bit of that going on. <laughs> so, Jiffany, how do you define love? That is a great question. Um, obviously, love is a word that gets thrown around a lot and it has many different meanings. So I'm going to keep this in terms of when we're talking about having a healthy relationship, how should we maybe think about love? Because this was a whole chapter in our book called Redefining Love and Exploring What is True Love. And the distinction that we wanted to make is so many people within relationships view love as purely a feeling. And one of the points we want to make, first of all, and the reason why we wrote the book is about recognizing that love alone is not enough to have a healthy relationship. You can have these feelings of love, but that doesn't mean, you know, the old sayings that we've been sold throughout the eras of love is enough and love is all you need and all of that. It's actually not really true when it comes to the practicalities of living in the modern world and trying to raise a family in particular. And so I'll come back to the definition of love in a moment, but just to link this all together for you, um, our book, How to Make the Biggest Decision of Your Life, was really written to explore how can we choose a partner more thoughtfully. And I know there are so many different books written about how to have a better relationship, and that's great. But as any couples therapist will know, once you have two people in the room um, seeking out couples therapy, often they're at a point where, you know, the incompatibilities are just so in your face and often one person has one foot out the door and it's great to have a book to know how to have a better relationship, but it's not going to work if one person within that relationship isn't willing to put in the work. And so we wanted to write this book to guide people in how to make better decisions and also to bring a bit of awareness to how choosing a partner is a decision that we should make and not just basing it on love and feelings. Mm. So coming back to my definition of love um, or our definition of love, um, we want to redefine it as not a feeling but a commitment to nurturing the best in one another. And this word commitment is really important. Of course, we can feel love, but feelings come and go. And when you want to have a healthy long-term relationship, there's going to be stuff that comes up. There's going to be days that you don't feel that loving towards your partner. And so essentially true love and the love that we need to base a long-term healthy relationship on needs to be based on that commitment, but not just commitment to each other till death do us part, but rather a commitment to nurturing and bringing out the best in one another and showing up in the relationship for as long as it serves both of you. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice definition. I've never really thought about it in that light, but I just think that makes way more sense than and putting it on the action of doing them rather than feeling. I've obviously named your book after this, like how to make the biggest decision of your life. But why do you think that choosing a partner is the most important decision of your life? So specifically, if you want to have kids, choosing a partner very quickly becomes the most important decision in your life because, you know, if, if a relationship doesn't work out um, and you have kids together, 
Like you can't just get a divorce. You're still going to have to interact with that person and that person's going to have a massive impact on, um, you know, your, your child's well-being and the way that they grow up in the world. And then, of course, there's like the cost of divorce and the repercussions after that emotionally, yeah. financially. Um, even if you choose the wrong partner and they turn out to be an abusive partner, you know, that's going to suck the energy out of your life in so many directions. So it really choosing a partner has such a big influence on our happiness in the big picture and in the long run. Mm. Deciding to marry someone or spending the rest of your life with someone, like you mentioned just then, it is a big decision that we're making. So how can we be sure that the person that we think in our (laughs) minds is right for us is actually right for us? Because I know I just grapple with this question all day long. I'm like, I, I mean, I hope my boyfriend's the right person. I feel like he is, but I can't predict the future and I don't really know how it works. So I'm interested to see what, like you say, uh, the telltale signs of knowing that you found the right person. Totally. And I feel you like in life, there are no guarantees, so we can mm. only be so certain, but um you know, point one is the book really goes into detail about this. So there's lots of tips there, but something that I will share with you now is, you know, similarly, I went through this, you know, how I used to ask my mom, how did you know um, that you wanted to be with dad? And they've been Mm. married for over 30 years now Mm. Um, and still going strong, still a beautiful relationship in my life. So I've always been curious to understand that too. And Mm. I remember she used to say to me, you know, he was, the first person that she dated where she had no doubts. And I thought about that a lot. And in my own life, like there's been people who I've dated and I've fallen in love with and I've started to think about, you know, the longer term future, maybe we'll have kids together and stuff. But then these doubts arise, arose. Mm. (laughs) One of those two words. Anyway, they came up and I had to work through them. And in previous relationships, I realized that it probably wasn't going to work in the long run. Whereas with my current partner, um, it doesn't mean that the doubts never arise, but when they do arise, you can work through them and they get resolved in one way or another. And this really comes back to, you know, finding compatibility in your relationship and looking at your long-term vision for where you want to go in life. One of the first places where I start when I'm working with people one-on-one is like, what, do you want for yourself in the big picture of your life? Because it's one thing to want a partner, but a partner is just a part of your life. And if you want to have a healthy relationship um, that can really weather the seasons, then you need to find someone who is going to be compatible with your bigger vision. Having this aligned vision and values is so important. And so an example of that is, do you want kids or not? I really see that's one of the biggest um question marks that a lot of couples these days are grappling with because it's more and more common and totally fine for us not to want kids we have that choice these days which we didn't necessarily have in previous generations and I see people fall in love and being in a couple and one partner is definitely certain that they want to have kids and the other partner is either ambivalent or they just know that they don't want to have kids and these two people love each other and they want to make it work but This is an issue that's just going to come up again and again and again. And at some point, someone's going to have to compromise, right? Mm. Do you think it's possible for, um, for people to change their minds when it comes to this? When you look at the divorce rates 
Um, people who get married after 26 have a much lower divorce rates than people who get married in their early 20s, right? And partly that's because we know that the adult brain isn't fully developed until around the age of 25. And so who we are when we're 26 is going to correlate much better with who we are at 50 than who we are at 22. So if someone at 22 says they don't want kids, you're right, they might change their mind in the next 10 years for sure. But if someone who is like 30 is still pretty sure that they don't want kids, then you probably do have to take that into consideration. Mm. And so other than the kids side of things, what other kind of values can we question and ask our partner to see if we're on the right page or they're the right one for us? Yeah. So another example might be like, do you want to live in the country or the city? You know, do you want to like me personally, I would love to live on acreage, right? If I was dating someone who was really, um, I don't know, like having a mind blank, but like really connected to wanting to live in like a metropolitan city, then that's also going to be a bit of a point of conflict. Now the caveat here with um, vision and values is, So I say we want to look for aligned vision and values and ideally we want to, this is why it's so important to figure these things out as an individual and why being single is such a potent time to think about these things is because when we're in a relationship, we can so often, um, you know, be swayed by someone else's visions and that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's great as a partner to want to support and work together, but we don't want to completely forget about ourselves and our own dreams and visions, right? So taking the time to think about that and identify what are your top five values in life, right? It might be travel, for example. Some people love to travel. Some people couldn't care less. It might be having a career. For some people, that's really important. For some people, they're not interested in that. Um, So looking at your top five values as an individual first and not just your relationship values, but I think it's important to look at the values in the bigger picture of your life, right? And so when we talk about alignment, it doesn't mean that when you meet someone else or if you've got a partner that they have to have exactly the same values, but you just don't, it's not going to work so well if you're with a partner who has values that are in direct conflict, like when we talked about the kids stuff Mm. um, with your own values. So they don't have to be the same, but they do need to be compatible. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I threw it out to the listeners of the show, Jivani, and said, what questions do you guys have? And I've got to admit, there was a lot that came through. So I've picked some of the top ones. The first one is from Caitlin and she wants to know, how do you recognize when you are being used or played? Yes, there's a short answer for this. And this is reciprocation. So are they investing as much as you are in various ways. So that could be like texting, who's texting the most, who's initiating um, contact the most, who's making the most effort. You know, are you always going to their side of town or are they just as often coming to your side of town? Are they being vulnerable and showing interest as much as you are? Those sorts of things. So on the one hand, if you're prone to expecting the worst and to distrusting men, um, at a certain point, we do just need to trust. But looking at these sorts of signals and looking at the level of reciprocation is a good place to start, right? Mm, Absolutely. I like that one. Olivia has sent in, how do you navigate, this kind of actually speaks to what we are just talking about, but how do you navigate different morals and values? Is it important that these align and what if they don't? 
Yes. So as we've talked about, it's important that they align. It doesn't mean they have to be exactly the same. Now, if they're different morals and values, I guess it comes down to like, if you're already in a relationship with someone who has different morals and values, um, I guess it comes down to your priorities within those values. So like I said before, we can have like 50 different values or we can have an unlimited amount of values, but it's important to look at how we rank them. What's our top five, for instance. Mm. Um, so again, this goes back to looking at the bigger picture about what you want and what you're willing to um, compromise on and the same with your partner too and how you can meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. So if, for instance, Olivia is in a relationship and she's finding that her and her partner are on quite different pages, I mean, is it the end of the world? Is there a way to work around that? Is it just compromise and hoping if you can find middle ground that you can have a successful future moving forward? Do you think that people can defy the odds in this area? Look, it's it's tricky. Um, Dr. John Gottman is a researcher in relationships and he was famous for being able to tell after meeting a couple in like the first 20 minutes um, with quite a lot of accuracy. Uh, whether or not they're going to stay together. And this was one of the biggest factors that he looked at. So I think ultimately what it comes down to is how willing are you both to make it work against all odds, right? Um, If it's just one of you willing to make it work against all odds, then that sounds like a lot of compromise and you might be better off finding a partner who can meet you on the levels that you really want to be met. On the other hand, if you're both really willing to work on it and to make conversations, Um, compromises and have conversations about these issues that are coming up then you might have a chance sure it's really hard to answer this question when I don't know the specifics of the relationship because every relationship is different Mm. and Kirsty wants to know some tips for making long distance relationships work she's also wondering if it's normal to bicker on a weekly basis or if that's something that might be a red flag Yeah, again, I guess it depends like what you're bickering about. So side note on um, conflict in relationships. There is a certain level of conflict that is healthy. Um, No conflict at all can actually mean that the relationship is a bit unhealthy because it probably means there are things that are being unsaid um, and people are swallowing things. So the beauty of conflict is that it can help us to grow closer together and to understand each other better. Um, So I guess it depends on the quality of the conflict and what it's about. So another little fun fact is around 69% of conflict in relationships is unresolvable. This also ties back into values, right? So it means, you know, being two people in a relationship together, stuff's going to come up. Like it's not that easy. You are individual people with individual thoughts and needs and all of that. So there are going to be some points of contention, It's not necessarily a red flag, but what's important is how you handle it and also what is the conflict about? If the conflict is about big picture vision and values, as we've been talking a lot about, then that could be a red flag because it means that, you know, this is going to become an even bigger issue in your relationship as things go on if one of you has to sacrifice a lot of yourself to make the relationship work. Um, Coming back to the quality of the conflict, There are two elements here to keep an eye on. So the first one is like, how nasty do you guys get when you're having conflict? Um, Do you guys 
navigate it in like a conscious way where you can be aware of your triggers and talk about that and not throw shit back in each other's face um, or like disregard the containment or the container of vulnerability that is the basis of your vulnerability. So when people bring up things and throw it back in their partner's face, that's not really appropriate and that's playing pretty dirty, right? The second element is how quickly do you guys move to repair after a conflict? How often or how quickly do you reach out and, you know, start to bridge that gap and, you know, make up and connect? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean um, just smoothing things over. I think when conflict comes up, it's important to have that gap and let it breathe a little bit to really feel like what the issue is and work through it. Because if we smooth it over too quickly, it's probably just going to come up again. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just reminding your partner that because we had a fight doesn't mean this relationship's over and I still love you and I still want to connect with you and we'll get through this. Mm. And the long distance side of things, do you have any recommendations on handling a long distance relationship and, and getting out on the other side, being stronger and closer together when you face kind of that challenge? I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with that, so I can't really help there. But yeah, I really feel for people in long distance relationships because it is a really tricky thing to navigate. Mm. well good luck Kirsty. <laughs> um, our thoughts are with you yeah. Lauren would like to know how long should you wait before having the conversation about what this is when you are seeing someone new and there isn't any labels but you're kind of getting to the point where you're thinking maybe this is a relationship maybe this isn't when should we have that conversation should we have it early later like what do you think Yeah, this is a great question. Um, So one thing we talk about in the book is the importance of using dating as an evaluation process. And one of the most common patterns that I see in people who have come out of unhealthy relationships is that they admit that they fell fast into the relationship. And so like they met someone, they felt all the feelings, the sparks, the chemistry, and then they got together really quickly. And so When we talk about dating as an evaluation process, it's about slowing down that dating, that initial dating, getting to know each other um, time and taking the time to explore different things. And so as a general guideline, I suggest that eight dates is a good amount of time to do that before you have that conversation about what this is, because you don't want to get locked into a relationship prematurely Um, when you don't fully know each other yet. And I know it can feel like, especially if we, you know, have um, an instant connection with someone, it can feel like we've known them forever. But the reality is you don't, you haven't known them forever. Um, And it takes time to really understand who someone is and if you're compatible. So I'd wait until around then, the eighth date. Is there telltale signs that differentiate uh, between a couple that will go the distance and maybe a couple that won't? I mean, other than we've obviously spoken about values and making sure that, you know, particular values in your life do align with your partners in order to make sure that you have a strong and stable um, future together looking forward. But other than that, outside of values, is there other things that are big identifiers of whether a couple might stay the distance or might not 
Yeah, open communication is the cliche classic, but it's a cliche for a reason. Um, Mm. You have to be able to communicate well with each other. And this sort of ties into also what I was talking about before, about um, being able to have conflict and healthy conflict and grow from that conflict and then also repair um, the relationship after that conflict. Um, Another thing I'd keep an eye on is are you both, again, reciprocal, so are you both equally invested in building a life together you know are you both looking forward and having those conversations together or is one person kind of secretly creating a separate life for themselves Hmm. I I mean this is a classic when it comes to finding the one I feel like everyone says it's a gut feeling like you'll just (laughs) know it when you meet them it's like you've never felt before and I feel like I just sit there and go, I mean, what is this feeling? Am I feeling it right now and I'm just completely unaware or is it hasn't come to me yet? Do you believe in a gut feeling or do you think that there's way more than that and you've kind of got to use a little bit more of like your brain power in thinking through the relationship and analysing it for yourself whether you think it's the right thing for a long-term decision? Hmm. Yeah, I think it needs to be a marriage of the head and the heart. Like we don't Mm. just want to make decisions from our heads because that's like, you know, seeing someone who looks great on paper and just deciding to date them because it seems like a good idea. But if there's no emotional connection, then that's not going to work. But equally, um, the tricky thing about relationships and chemistry and lust and attraction is just that, is that sometimes we can get caught up in intense feelings and it can lead us astray sometimes if we place too much emphasis on that Mm. I see too like culturally or societally we tend to place a lot of emphasis on that it's like you go on a date and it's like well did you feel chemistry and again what I've found like I believe that we can fall in love with all different kinds of people I've experienced that in my own life right and actually Another fun fact from writing the book is we came across this statistic that this mathematician, um, Professor Epstein, no relation to the other guy, um, that he came up with, which was if you were to potentially meet every person on earth, you could fall in love with 350,000 people. Now, of course, we're not going to do that. We're not going to meet everyone. But if you narrow that down to even just 100 people that you might cross paths with in your lifetime, like that's still a lot of options. And so the quest then becomes um, of those people that you can feel love for and have a connection with, who is going to be a best match for the life that you want to live? So this is, again, what our book is about, like bringing it back to um, how can I marry the head with the heart? And great, the feelings are there, but also these other practical things need to be there. For example, um, how reliable is the person that you're dating do they actually show up for you in the way that you need if you want to have kids with someone you definitely need a partner who's going to be reliable for instance mm. I absolutely love that in what you're saying because I think that really speaks to the fact I mean we would all know someone that's been in a relationship and they've broken up saying I absolutely love this person but we're just not going in the same direction. It's not that I don't love him. I do and I have all these deep feelings, but we're just on different pathways. And I think that is such a beautiful um, statistic to really speak to that because I think that's sometimes really overlooked. They're like, a lot of people think, oh, you can't really love someone if you're, if 
you're on different pathways. Like that's just an easy out. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it speaks to the classic myth of the one, right? And I mm. feel like the millennial, our millennial generation is less entwined in this. Previous generations, it was more of a thing in that. And partly because in older generations, divorce didn't really exist. No fault divorce didn't really come into existence in the Western world until about 1969. And so it's still very recent. So before that, people saw people get together, fall in love, get married and stay married. And so that kind of fed this or fueled this myth of the one. It's like one day you're going to meet someone, you're going to fall in love and you're going to live happily ever after. Mm. since divorce came into play people were actually allowed to get out of unhappy relationships that particularly in previous generations we didn't have many open conversations about it was behind closed doors so often you know these relationships looked great but Mm. actually there was a lot of stuff under the surface there so over the last few decades you know that's really come to light and people can leave unhealthy relationships which I think is a great thing Um, But it's also demystified the myth of the one a bit too and made people realize that, hey, it's not just about falling in love and then everything else will fall into place. We actually have to work on relationships and, you know, choose our partner more more wisely. Mm. So on that, do you have one particular piece of advice that you'd like to give for those single ladies out there that are dating right now? We're very much orientated the discussion around being in a relationship itself and analyzing your relationship and seeing if that person will be right for you to progress into the future. But for those girls that have not quite found the right person for them, what one piece of advice would you give them? So the first thing that comes to mind is around um, just keeping your options open in all areas of life. Like I know right now, and especially since COVID, prior to COVID, I used to run a lot of workshops called Offline Dating in an Online World, which was like reinvigorating um, how to meet people in day-to-day life. And on the one hand, I think online dating is great. It's a tool and particularly since covid it's been a really important tool for people to stay connected and meet new people. Um, But we just shouldn't see it as a be all and end all. So great. Go on an app or two. That's great. But also keep your eyes open and keep your energy open um, when you're in day-to-day life. Because for example, I met my partner on a tram in Melbourne and there are so many instances in our day-to-day lives where we can have these connections and build these relationships, but so often we're just like in our own little bubble, in our own zone and not open to them and not signaling to the world and to the people around us that we could be open to them. That's such a lovely story of how you guys <laughs> met. <laughs> Before we finish up, Jivani, I'm wondering if you could recommend for us your favorite motto or quote when it comes to relationships. That's such a hard one because there are so many on my Instagram, so you can <laughs> check that out for more. But the one that I will share with you, and it does come with a caveat, but um, the more that you say no to what you don't want, the more you say yes to what you do want. And The caveat there is keeping in mind that you can take any piece of advice too far and especially um, if you have a bit of an avoidant tendency, someone who tends to find what's wrong in relationships, then you might not want to take this piece of advice. But for others who sometimes find themselves settling in relationships and um, 
yeah, a little bit maybe hesitant to leave one relationship because they're not sure what else could be out there for them. I think there really is power in being clear on what you do want and what you don't want and, um, yeah, making that clear to the universe and getting out there. Mm. I really like that quote. That's a good one. Before I say goodbye to you, Jivani, I'm wondering if you could let us know where we can purchase your book, How to Make the Biggest Decision of Your Life, and where we can follow you on Instagram. Yes. So How to Make the Biggest Decision of Your Life, it's available in all major bookstores, or you can order it online, Booktopia, anything like that. Um, And you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, One little freebie that I have available at the moment is if you are online dating and you want to learn how to make the most of your profile and put your best foot forward, I have a little PDF guide, which is going to walk you through my best tips for that. Fantastic. I will put all the links below to Jivani's website and social media and how to buy her book. So do check that out in the show notes. Otherwise, Jivani, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and chatting um, with me today. It has been so insightful and just really, really great to get some facts from you. I feel a lot more confident, I guess, going into my relationship um, now, knowing, I guess, your professional stance on, on how to create a successful long-term relationship so thank you thank you Georgina I've really enjoyed this podcast too I've really been enjoying this conversation thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the wow I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jivani and were able to take something away from it I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts and follow if you're on Spotify. It would also help me so much if you were to leave a review or follow me on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore or even better, tell someone about it. Uh, Yeah, let a friend know. All that stuff really does help and it does mean a lot to me, so thank you. Lastly, just before I do leave you, this is just a friendly reminder to let you know that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic day.